Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Praise the Lord. Oh, would you turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 1, please? 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you saw the advertisement or the, the notice or the notification, the short video online uh, announcing where we were going this morning, I hope you took notice of it and that you are ready to learn how to walk strong, fearless, and in confidence. Amen? I think it's time we got a little bit more convinced about who God is. Amen. We don't hear enough about how powerful he is. We are so easily duped into to that, oh, you know, God at the last second. You know, he'll redeem us, but it'll be right at the end. <laughs> yeah, and you'll, you'll squeeze by. I... I, I I believe that thinking's just wrong. But you'll have what you believe. And if you're content with thinking you can squeeze by and slide by and, and by the grace of God get under the pearly gates, go for it. Or, 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 as it's done in heaven, it could be done in the earth. Are you at 2 Timothy yet? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. It'll be second. I think that's the fourth. Second Timothy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, uncompromised, not apologizing for it, not making weird little cards to put in his wallet. Apostle. You didn't have to do that. We're just in him. We're just in him. He wasn't trying to convince anybody. Wasn't afraid of calling himself an apostle, and he wasn't weird about it. He wasn't trying to aim to be an apostle. He wasn't trying to confess his way and squeeze himself into the apostolic. He just was. We need a little bit more was. Amen? Amen. By the will of God, and in another uh book, it says, not by the will of man. Well, I'll just insert that there. According to the promise of life, it's Zoe there, by the way, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Simple but potent prayer. Imagine someone with that kind of strength praying that over you every day. That's what he was praying and declaring. Yes. Sometimes we skip over these parts, you know, and I think, well, that's nice here. Let's get to the good part. Paul, the apostle, by the will of God, was declaring this over his own dearly begotten son in the faith. Yeah, amen. I received that. Thank you, God. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience. We need a bit more of that as well. A pure conscience. Because when your conscience is filled with failure, mistakes, Unworthiness. When your conscience is filled with things that are of the world, it's words, it's just get-bys, you won't be productive. But the blood of Jesus can purge your conscience from dead works, right, so that you can serve the living God. Praise the Lord, you've done so well. Now do you know the address. <laughs> That's right. It is in Hebrews. Do you know what chapter? Nine. Verse 14. <laughs> Helping you out. Amen. You can just tuck that one in. That was extra. <laughs> no charge. That without ceasing. Everybody say without ceasing. So the apostle is praying for grace and mercy and thanking God for him without ceasing. Without ceasing. It's continually working on his behalf without ceasing. I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. I believe he prayed in faith. 
Amen. This is the good guys. Amen. But what about the devil? I don't care. Paul's praying for me. It's going to be okay. Because Jesus is interceding for me too. I, how can you fail? Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears. Oh. That means Timothy had to face a few things. Maybe it was very difficult leading the brand new church with people. <laughs> that I may be filled with joy. <laughs> and look what, what brings him to joy. When I call. And we were singing that song about remembering. When I call. So there was a purposed recollection. A purpose recalling. A purpose remembrance of what? Of the unfeigned, the unfeigned, that's very real, genuine faith that is in thee, which was first in thy grand. I mean, praise God, it was generational, genuine faith. Generational, genuine faith. Now that's something to pass on to your children. In thy mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded, not he, he doesn't say confessing, believing for, hoping for, and wishing that this would just happen. He's been persuaded. There's some evidence. There's evidence. There's evidence that faith is in his life. There's evidence of faith in Timothy. There's something happening that goes, oh, my word, there's faith in this young man. Faith is a substance. It is a the response. It's what happens when there's something deep inside that's been responded to. We often talk about faith from, oh, I need faith, and I need faith, and I need faith. And we try to convince ourselves by confession. Confession doesn't bring convincing. Mm -hmm. We have faith because there's been a decision about something, and we believe it. And faith is the substance. It's what happens. And we know when someone prays in faith and when they don't. There's, there's a weight to it when someone believes something. You don't have to try and convince them. The convincing's done. The convincing's done. There is a power there. Absolutely. And it's noticeable. It's noticeable. Faith is a product of something believed in the heart. It's a product. It's the end result. It's noticeable. It's kind of like, you know, we, we have uh, dandelions. They have deep roots. Try and get those things out. You cannot. Poison sometimes works, but not always. You leave a teeny little bit behind, and you get evidence that you did not get it all. It would be great if we could see that in the right way and have faith. <laughs> Amen. Now faith is the substance of that dandelion grown. <laughs> and the hope it doesn't grow again, but that's not where we're going. <laughs> so faith is a product of something believed in the heart. With the heart, man believes, right? So with the heart. So we have to get our heart in the right place. And faith doesn't come by confession. It comes by hearing. Which many people have fallen into the trap. This is just a side trail here from where we're going today. But we need to have faith in order to not walk in fear all the time. If we understand that faith is a result, it's the end product of something going on where deep in your heart you've got a hold of something. Right? It doesn't come by you constantly confessing. Oh, I'm in faith. I'm in faith. I'm in faith. I'm in faith. That is not a confession. Your ears, if they will hear the word. Now, if you're confessing the word, but, but hear me. The only reason that confession works is because you've heard the word that you said and decided to believe what you have heard. Not because you've confessed yourself into a pink car. Absolutely. Confession brings opportunity. So it, it's the place where if your ears will hear it. Now, because of the way ears work and they're attached to your head, I can, I can bring scripture to you. I can say, here's something you can believe. But at the end of the day, because it's your ears and your mouth, when your mouth says something that your ears hear, it believes that first. That's just a little extra package for you today about faith. So that you understand you can't try to get faith. Hmm? Faith comes by hearing. But faith comes. 
faith comes, the substance of faith comes by you actually hearing. And then with the heart, man believes. You grab a hold of it. You grab a hold of it in your heart. And then, and you go, oh, that person, when they prayed, did you hear them? Wow, that had resonance. It had a deepness. It had a weight. Ooh, they believed what they were saying. I tell you what, everybody knows when I believe there's a shoe sale. Amen to shoes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> it says, I'm persuaded that is in thee also. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on my hands for God. Now watch where this fits, because I believe it's one of the reasons we're falling into fear. Wherefore, I'm going to read again, verse six. I put thee in remembrance that you, you, Stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So not, let's not pull that verse out of where it belongs, but put it back in the context of everything we've been talking about. Paul's praying for them. He's believing. He's got, talking about purity. He's talking about faith. And now he says, come on, come on. God didn't give you spirit of fear. What did he give you? Is the focus then on fear? No, absolutely. But we go, oh, here's the focus. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. If we'll just confess that God didn't, give, God didn't give me fear, God didn't give me fear, God didn't give me fear, and you're still in fear. Right? Right. But that's not the point. What did God give you? Gosh, I don't know, because I got blocked at fear. <laughs> I got so fearful, I couldn't move on. <laughs> I, was, I came to fear, and I went, yeah, I got into it, and I, I confessed fear, and I, I'm surrounded by fear, because what I point at, what I talk about, what I live out of my mouth, I believe. So I get halted there. I get halted right at fear. Oh, I remember the last time I was afraid. You begin to recall the wrong thing. Oh, I know what it's like to fear. God, oh, fear. I don't like heights. I don't. But I don't go around going, whoa, I don't like heights. I don't like heights. I don't like heights. You know, I don't do that. My, my brother recently moved into an apartment on the 26th floor, and I looked over the edge, and I did not feel ill, and that was a good day. I looked over, and it went, well, look, I can look down. That is not how it always was. <laughs> But I didn't go around going, oh, no, I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> God didn't give me that. Truth is, I probably gave it to me more than any devil by believing it, speaking it, and living it. What did he give me? Power. And this is dunamis power. This is dynamite. This is blow that thing up, praise God. <laughs> I like dunamis. I think it's a fun word. <laughs> I just think about it, it makes me smile. <laughs> dunamis, we need a little bit more of that. I, I've, people are craving, craving exosia, the, the authority power. But I'll tell you, if you've not walked in dunamis, that authority power is not going to come to you. They need to pair together to work really well. Of love, and that's agape, so God-giving kind of love. And a sound mind, which is really the word for self-control. Which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's like wholeness. It's like wholeness. And, and when you look it up, it's the whole deal. It's a settled head. God gave you a settled head. Like if you want to go home and confess something, start there. <laughs> Thank you, God, for a sound mind. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for a settled whole head. Not going all kind of places. Thank you, God, for it. Amen. Let your ears hear some of that. Let them be filled with that. Let us come to that place. You know, often when we talk about warfare and facing things, I, I, I love the verse in, in the... Hebrews 11, where it goes down the hall of faith and it comes to shutting the mouths of lions. Well, you can't shut any lion's mouth till you shut your own and learn how to keep it. If trouble coming out of your mouth, you're going to live in it. And 
And I tried, I tried the, well, that's fine. I'll keep my mouth. That does not work. <laughs> I will do this. Never, ever is the right solution. But submitting my tongue to the devil, submitting my mouth to, uh, to, to God, submitting my, my mouth to the Holy Spirit, submitting my tongue to him, yielding to his, his unction. You know, he didn't come out with a big mega horn going, I'm over here if you just listen. If I'm in that place of the mega horn from the Holy Spirit, I'm usually in trouble. The daily walk with the Holy Spirit is quiet and unction. Come on, come on. It's not, hello, you're about to be hit by a train. That's not it. You see, we've got so used to fighting the devil, we don't know how to live for God. When we talk about fighting and shouting the mouth of lions and all of those things, I often think and have preached many times from Samuel and facing Goliath. Well, we all know what Goliath looks like by now. We've experienced him, most of us, at some point in our life. We've faced terrible things that yell in our face, and we know that's not God. You know, it's yelled at us, it's stomped its foot, and it's come against our covenant and got aggressive, and it's been big and mean and ugly. And we faced those things. And they're easy to spot. It's easy to spot something big and ugly and loud. Today I want to come at you from a different perspective. I want you to come to a different place because what we're dealing with right now in this world is not so big and loud and obvious. I want to talk about the boogeyman. <laughs> That's what we called him when I was growing up. We called him the boogeyman, right? Has anybody else ever heard of the boogeyman? He kind of, you never knew where he really was, but he was always in the dark. Nobody really had him. Nobody really saw his form, but we, we all knew he had eyes. It was creepy. Might have had a voice whispering. It was weird. But if, you talk to, if I talked to my friends at school about the boogeyman, no one really ever knew what he looked like. Isn't that the truth? No one knew what he looked like. We were just afraid of him. And, and when I would tell my parents about it, mom's sitting right there, you know, if, if I had a bad dream, she'd turn on the lights and she'd say, mommy and daddy are here. Mommy and daddy are here. And that's what calmed it. And it fixed it. I have learned that there's a boogeyman in the Bible. And there's a great guy who fought it. And he was strong. And he was courageous. And he's kind of wild. And I like kind of wild. So I'm good with that. Turn to the book of Joshua. I think it's fantastic. Are you excited? You see, God gave Joshua a very interesting, interesting command. And he said, in Joshua chapter 1, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke. Everybody say, spoke. spoke. Hmm, remember this. Unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses is dead. Get up. Go. All this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have. Everybody say, given. Given. Oh. Past tense. Every place you go, I have been given. Already done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Does it look done? No, it does not look done. In fact, they're going to encounter the boogeyman. <laughs> sure enough. And, and in his instructions, he says, only be strong and very courageous. Be strong. Be strong. He doesn't say, be very afraid. He says, be strong. He doesn't say, be cautious. He doesn't give a warning. Look out. The boogeyman will get you. It doesn't say that. It says, be strong in verse 6 and have good courage. For unto this people, you're going to have a good time. I swore unto your fathers I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep my word. Only be strong and very courageous. Verse 7, observe to do all that's in the law. So now we go, okay, there's some rules here. We're good with rules. We've been looking for a framework. Bless God, I do so much better if I just have a framework because then I know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And somebody will tell me. I won't have to hear God for myself. I'll rely on you. Good morning. Good morning. 
Praise the Lord. This book of the law shall not depart into your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Today we have the word of God written on our heart. Amen. No one should have to tell you not to lie. The spirit of truth is in you. You should go, mm, mm, that's a lie. Mm, mm. Right? No one should have to tell you not to steal, not to sleep around and do weird things. No one should have to tell you not to sin. God's holy. We don't have to memorize the laws to know to do good. The Holy Spirit's in us. We need to yield to that. Amen. And verse 9, he finishes off with, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be dismayed. The Lord's with you. Go. And here we are living in this time. And God has said many things about this time. We understand, I believe it is the near to the end of times, and I've believed that since I think I was 18. Honestly, I thought God was going to come in the 80s. Seriously, we had, <laughs> it's the truth, we had all this going on, and God was moving, and there was a great move. People were getting saved all the time. The 70s was fantastic. I mean, there was just such a thrill in the air. We were having, uh, you know, that uh, uh, Jesus uh, musicals, and all, there was glory, and there was this one, and, and, and just all kinds of fun with other people, and we were getting saved. We were singing in the basement of the church with a guitar that wasn't plugged into the amp, and we were singing Kumbaya together. We were having a phenomenal time, and people were getting saved. It was great, and we heard that the Bible translators might have every language translated somewhere in the early 80s. Well, that was that. Jesus was coming soon. <laughs> I still believe Jesus is coming soon. <laughs> he came once. He didn't lie. He won't lie about coming back. Pretty simple. I do believe he is returning. I do believe he is coming back. And we live today like he might come in the next hour. And also like we need to continue to occupy until he does return. Amen? So we don't get lost in that. We understand that there are many things that God has promised. He's given us dreams. I've had dreams about the future, and I have not yet finished them. So they've not come to pass yet. I have some things to do. I assume some of you do too, and that's why you're still here. Enjoy the ride. You, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Sometimes he sends us places that are uncomfortable. Canada can be very uncomfortable for people, especially now. But we go. So these people, they come together, and, and they... See this land that God has promised. And they say, all right, we're going to have to do this thing again. We're going to have to cross another bit of water. And then there's this big city. We don't know what's behind the city. All we see are walls. We send out spies into the land. That's the instruction. He gets instruction on how to take what God has given. Because God always will give an instruction to possess what he's promised. So... He gets some instructions and sends spies out. Sends out 12. 10 come back. The boogeyman is there. They're giants. They're terrible. They will kill us all. Did they actually see them? Could they see who was behind the wall? Could they see all of the weapons they had or did they just kind of peek through a hole and get a like a weird picture and run away with their tail between their legs and two of them go doesn't matter god said we're gonna be fine i like those two but 10 of them got moved by the boogeyman they couldn't really see and know they didn't know they didn't know he was behind a wall for crying out loud he's behind a wall God did all these things. He's delivered them. He's brought them through water. He's bringing them through water again. He's doing all these things. He said, go, it's a land. Happy day. But there's these big guys, and we can't see them. And they might be terrible. And we're just worms in the dunghill of life. We are grasshoppers. Some grasshoppers have wings. They have a little more escape plan.
In chapter 3 and verse 10, Joshua says, Guys, 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 hereby you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and the Jebusites. He'll do it, every single light. Because the Ark of the Covenant, mm, the promises of God of deliverance, it's going to go before you. The Ark was like the picture of God the Trinity and his spoken word in every promise. Because it was contained inside. And you think covenant was going ahead of you. Covenant's going to take care of you. Covenant will take down any enemy. But their eyes were focused on themselves instead of God's wonderful promises. His wonderful covenant that he's made with you and I. Today we're standing in the New Testament with a great covenant that's been promised, bought and paid for. So very precious. And we kind of go, what is she really talking about? Covenant? What does that mean? A covenant's eternal. It's an eternal promise. And when God makes an eternal promise, he keeps it. He's not a liar. He doesn't break his word. He keeps his word. And we find that because this strength and this understanding, you see somewhere in there, Joshua got a hold of faith. He heard. Remember I said God spoke right in chapter 1, in verse 1? He said God spoke. He heard what God said. He heard what God said. And what God said was bigger than any other voice. Even the people who are afraid. God is speaking now. And he's been speaking. And he's given warnings about what was coming. And he said it would end. Do you believe it will end? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe we are in the midst of God breaking open a tremendous revival. You see, because he said in the last days, I'll pour out of my spirit on all flesh. On all flesh. All. All means all. Some of them won't like it. Some of them will love it. Some will go, ooh, this feels like the boogeyman. <laughs> you know why? Because they're going to be seen. Because God is holy and God is pure. And when he comes on the scene, hidden things are revealed. This is our great opportunity to deal with stuff before that happens. Don't let the hidden things have to be shouted from the rooftop. I like Joshua. I think he's a fun guy. He continues on. Believe in the word. Believe in the word and having a great time with God. Just a great, great time. In Joshua 8 and 1, he continues to war based on the fact that God had given him a promise. It's fantastic. Joshua 8 1. The Lord says unto Joshua, Fear not, don't be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you. Rise, go up to Ai. See, I've given you, I've given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. Keeps telling him, go do it. It's done. Go do it. It's done. Past tense. Go do it. It's done. Past tense. If we're going to live outside of fear and in his purpose, we have to realize how many things God has put into the past tense because he's done it and he's given. Mm-mm. But there's a problem. So we're going to go back to the problem in chapter 7. You see, in the middle of this, we have to deal with some stuff. They had been given instruction. They could take the land. You can read the whole book. It's fun. I highly advise it. So God's given some instructions Go, as I said, take the land. It'll be happy. You'll be wonderful and be blessed. Be strong. Go. Have fun. And they come into a place in chapter 7. It says, verse 1, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing, for Achid did something he shouldn't have done. 
God had specifically told them, go in, but don't take anything. That's the enemy's. Don't touch it. Now, sometimes he says, take the stuff, and sometimes he doesn't. But whatever the instruction is, follow it. Right? Now, look at verse 12. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. And he turned back. They had a problem. You see, sometimes in the middle of war, when there's fearful words filling the atmosphere, there's things that are happening, and it's, it's difficult, and it's hard. We cannot turn and face the enemy correctly because there's something that we've done, that hidden thing that I talked about. And when you've got a hidden thing in your heart that you know isn't quite right, you will be fearful. You won't have that confidence. You see, hidden things that are undealt with, where God's given an instruction and you have not followed it. Maybe you've lied about something. I don't know what it is. Different people hold a di uh, sins different ways. I had this situation years, years and years ago. And this particular individual was very, very troubled and had terrible migraines that would hospitalize her. I mean, they just paralyze her whole life. And uh, because she lived in a small town and, and they tried many things and the doctors had tried all kinds of things, but in the end, they would just drug her so she could get through the migraine. And, and it might be three or four days in the hospital and then she'd recover some and go home. And uh, it just so happens that a relative of hers reached out to me and said, would you come and pray for her? Maybe this is a prayer problem. I said, Okay. Now, it was about a three-hour drive. <laughs> you find these things out after you say, okay, yes, the Lord's with this. Let's do that. And so sometimes the instruction isn't always pleasant. Three-hour drive is not always pleasant in a small car. Yes. Well, anyway. So I, I begin to pray, and I believe this is the Lord, and off we go into the wild blue yonder. And, and so we take this journey, and we get there, and she's in the hospital. And in the, because it was a smaller regional hospital, they had blocked off one end of the hospital, had all the lights turned out, and recommended we remove our shoes and only wear hospital slippers down the hall so as not to make any sounds that would cause her to have, her heart would uh, go into AFib and she'd have all kinds of problems besides the, the actual migraine. And so they said, be very, very careful. We turned off all the lights all along. I'm, I'm trying to keep myself, you know. Yes. <laughs> so I, I said to the relative, I said, let me just have a few minutes alone. God had showed me something when I was praying about it. It was a situation. Now, this person was in their 30s. And so I walked in. And I said, I'm going to turn on the light in your washroom. We started there. And I stood in the light. And she was all in the dark in the bed, moaning. I said, there's something that you did when you were 15 years old. And et cetera, et cetera. And talked about what it was that the Lord had showed me crying. And it was the truth. She'd, she'd stolen some money when she was babysitting that was sitting on a dresser. And about six months later, she slipped it back. But in the meantime, they're like, where's this money? Blah, blah, blah. And it was, uh, back then, it was, it was a fair sum. It would have been like about, you know, a couple hundred dollars now, but it wasn't that. And, and she just, she was tormented. Tormented for 50 bucks. Paralyzing headaches. She couldn't face her enemy. She couldn't stand on the word of God. She couldn't believe her faith had been corrupted because somewhere in her heart, she believed the lie more than the truth. So instead of casting out a devil, which I'm okay with, <laughs> I said, you're forgiven. <laughs> oh, it left. Let's turn on some lights. Flick, 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 flick. I start turning on the lights. You can come in. She's fine. She's healed. She's never had another headache. I, I connected with her about a year or so ago. Still living without migraines. Yeah. It was a long time ago. 15, 20 years. Hidden sin. Hidden sin. 
the children of Israel couldn't stand before their enemies either, even though there was a promise. The covenant of God was going before them. Nothing could stop that. Nothing. Nothing. Except we're at the place where they could not believe God. We're standing in a day and an hour when the Christians of this world are in that place. They have no confidence in God because of the hidden things, because of the selfish things, because of the things that they have embraced. I want it my way. I think out of all the things out there, when I was growing up, it was primarily rebellion. Today's big one is stubbornness. I'll do it, but I'll do it my way, including Christianity. I'll serve God, but I'll do it on my terms. We have to bring Christianity up to date. God loves everybody, and they really mean sexually. No. No. That's not biblical. Holiness is not measured by our selfishness. Holiness is God's standard. He's the one who sets the bar. He's the one who declares it. He's the one who's pure. He's the one who is our measure. We don't come to him with ours and say, well, I really like it this way, so I'm going to serve you that way. And then we wonder why we're in the trap with our foot stuck and we're crying while it bleeds. You can pray me out of the trap. How about let's repent? How about it's like, Holy Spirit, come and work your work in me. God never would have had to put it onto paper in Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go there. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. This is what he's looking for. This is what he's wanting to come forth. Happy day. We're learning how to fight because we're learning how to stand on the word of God. We're learning what's been hindering us. And we're going to not have, uh, have it come to a place where it's not hindering us anymore. We're going to be glorious, clean, holy, spotless, and happy. Amen? Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5. Look what he's coming for. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. Well, we'll read half of 25. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. He loves us. And he gave himself for us. That he might sanctify it, set it apart. Set it apart. Not going to look like the world. Why don't you have flashy laser lights? I, laser lights aren't going to take you to hell. But if it's your focus, it might. Jesus. Sanctify it. Set it apart. We are different. Let's embrace it with some strength and confidence. Let's embrace who God's made us. We are unique. Let us live it. Let the world know, hey, they're different. Shouldn't we be? Shouldn't we be? We're different, and it's a good different. It doesn't matter whether they like it or not. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Set apart. Set it apart. Get that filthy thing out of your heart, out of your life, off your back. Dead things will kill you if you carry them. That he might present itself, sanctify it, cleanse it with the washing of the water. The washing, and mentioned that water is typically the Holy Spirit. That's what it represents. And we have come to a place, and, and I, I wasn't planning on going this way, but I believe Holy Spirit's all over this today. He wants to show himself strong in people's lives in different ways. You see, it's not just about you here, here slap you, pray in tongues. It's not that. It's not that. It's being filled with him. Filled with his presence. Filled to overflowing. And you will pray in other tongues. But it's evidence, just like faith is evidence, of what you believe. When he's filled you, you'll walk holy. When he's filled you, you'll be clean. When you've come to the altar and thrown yourself at him. Oh, that's what he's... Oh, the washing. The washing. We haven't been washed because we haven't surrendered. The washing of the water by the word. I don't 
like what it says. I'll do it my way. Boogeyman. You've just met him. See how tricky it is? Every time that the Joshua people, when they were looking, trying to look through the wall at the enemy, their concern was for themselves. The boogeyman is yourself. It is the self you will not face, the self you glorify, the self that you put before the things of God. The stubbornness, my way or the highway. The guy who did it my way wasn't a very happy man. He had a drinking problem. He was violent, cruel to his wife. Cruel. He was a very mean person and connected with very bad people. He may have done it his way, but it wasn't a good way. It wasn't a good way. The washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself. If this is his expectation, do we believe he's able to accomplish it? I think so. I believe it. If he's able to clean us, I think he can. If it's his plan, I think we just have to go along with it. I think he's praying for us. I think he's believing it. That's what I think. It's his, he wrote this, right? So it's not so that we can go, oh, well, that's nice. Or I'll never line up with that. <laughs> Good hope, God. Well, I heard this said one time because it says, a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing shall be holy without blemish. I heard somebody say, well, that might happen for like a millisecond, and that's when he'll come because he'll catch us up real quick <laughs> right in that moment. <laughs> Better catch the church quick because they can't hold this one down. You really think so? You see, there's been a blockage. And we couldn't face our enemy because of hidden things. And one of the hidden things is the place where we don't believe God can actually do what he said. Hmm. Interesting, eh? Here he is. He said he's going to make the church glorious and make it without spot or wrinkle. It's his idea. It's his plan. We just have to agree with it. That's not so hard. But you see, what we've been hearing is what we have faith for. And what we've been hearing is, well, we're going to scoot by. Living holy is impossible. You know, we're just a sinner saved by grace. Focus on the sin. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't repent for what you did wrong. Absolutely. Get, and just move on. Don't, don't, you know, yeah, don't make a camp. That's not a place to build your house. <laughs> I build my house on sand. <laughs> that would be it. You know, I'm going to surround myself with sin. I'm going to focus on sin. I'm going to, oh, whatsoever is not a faith of sin, that lets me out. I'm, every time, I'm just done, God. I'm just done. Hit to him who knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it's sin. Bam. There, and number three, all unrighteousness is in. There you go. Done like dinner. I'm out of this pie. <laughs> Come on. Come on. God gave us a great plan. A glorious church. And then he prayed about it in John 17. That, they, that we might be filled with his glory. The glory that you gave me, I'm going to give them. Oh, we can live holy. But not for the next five minutes. Yeah. Can you watch a TV show and still be holy? Yes. Holiness doesn't come and go like our flakiness. You know, it's not like that. It's not like cereal. Holiness is very stable. <laughs> I don't know where these ideas come from, but we have to talk about them so that we can get by them. Because sometimes we talk about scriptures and holiness and we make it so holy nobody can touch it and therefore we cannot touch it and therefore we cannot enter it and therefore it's not in our life. I, when we were in Poland and we went into one of the very nice churches at the castle, Bavl, and, and we went into this place. It was like, shh. They had like, shh, signs everywhere. I almost came undone. It was like the worst place for Pastor Gwen to go. 
they're all like, Shh, and don't touch this everywhere. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally almost starting to shake. I'm like, I just want to go, hallelujah. <laughs> Hang on. I, and I just want to touch everything. It says don't touch. <laughs> it's holy. It's been sanctified. <laughs> Praise God that I'm holy and I'm sanctified. And I can touch that all over the place. <laughs> I've decided I don't just go in there anymore. It's not safe. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I can't be silent. It's not working. And I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at Dory, just like looking at me like, oh. yeah. And finally, we just left because I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> I was going to break all those rules. <laughs> and I'm still breaking some today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There are places. This is why I think a lot of folks, we don't know how to express it. And right now, we're in a situation where there's all kind of rules. But nobody really knows. Some of them are rules. Some of them are suggestions. Some of them are this. And basically, people don't know. And because they don't know, we feel out of control. Nobody's making any rules. Back to that thing. This book of the law shall not depart on right. I'll get all the rules. I'll make a framework. I'll feel better because I know where all the rules are, and then I can obey them. The rules are here. Here, don't sin. Not too hard. Well, maybe. <laughs> God wants us to live in a place of peace, to believe his word, his instructions. And as we believe them for our life, purpose is easily done. And we have faith. We have confidence. And we won't be bowing to every crazy word of fear. God didn't give me a, a spirit of fear, but I certainly see his power in operation. I certainly see his love, not as everybody else would like it to be, but it's how love works through me. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Sometimes people get mad at the truth. I want to live. Okay. Be blessed. I don't think you're very happy. I think you could be. Sometimes when I see people make a choice, just like our own kids, don't run out on their own. Watch for cars, because we love them. Watch for the things that try to pull you out of the most precious place God has for you. Watch for them. Be aware. Don't have to have the Holy Spirit work like a megaphone in your life. Let him be that easy turn. This way, this way. Because he longs to work that way in us. He longs to, for us to come in to the place of safety, to come into the place of purpose. And the greatest thing that, that anchors all of it is a sound whole mind. And if you think about the assaults that have been happening with the words over the media and all these things, where is it coming? If you're all in your house, the only place it's coming is your ears. People in quarantine are being sent messages. So it's not like we're communicating this way. It's not like we're having acts. No, it's all coming through words. It's all coming through media. Where's it coming? It's coming into your head. It's trying to get through your helmet of salvation. It should be stopped by the blood that covers your head. That's a lie. I'm not. Out. A sound mind. When your mind is sound and it's not bowing, see, whole, the word also means whole, a wholeness there. When it's whole, you're not worried about what went down before. Because that wouldn't be whole, would it? No, not at all. When it's whole, it's easy to trust. When it's whole, it's easy to believe. When it's, when it's whole, you have confidence. I'm not going, I'm not in Wonderland and my name is not Alice. I'm not looking for a glass. I'm not looking through one. I'm seeing through his eyes of heaven. He has a purpose. And it's time we stood up and got our eyes off the fearful sayings now, I understand some of you may have been filled with them. Some of you watching online may be feeling overwhelmed 
by words that have entered your heart and pierced you in many ways. There's a way you can get them out. And it's that right there from Ephesians. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The Holy Spirit ignites the word in our heart. It makes it come alive and open. There are some times when we hear a word and that word will kind of resonate and you'll wake up with it. Maybe a song that's based on scripture. Think about how the, there's a, a, a wetness to it on that dry land that, that Anne talked about, Pastor Anne. She mentioned that the desert didn't have it, but there's that place where the water of the word comes in and you feel alive, you feel saturated, and you'll feel clean. And you'll get rid of those hang-ups. I have to say this. I don't believe the devil's really beating people up. He throws a few rocks and lets us, you know, chew him. Not good. Break your teeth. And they won't satisfy. This is a time for Holy Ghost awakening. That he is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. It'll cleanse us. It'll sanctify us. It'll prepare us. And nothing of this world should shake us. There is a place I'm absolutely fearless. But you've probably noticed that. I'm not afraid of what the devil does. Or what he says. Because what is in my heart is bigger. And when I think about the devil, I think of him down there. Under my foot. Don't take your foot off his neck. Keep him down there. You should never be looking at him face on. You should always be looking down. Be quiet. I will trot on you some more. <laughs> Amen. That's where fear belongs. Not in your heart. Well, I still have this area of fear, Pastor. Let it be cleansed out. How do I do that? Well, that's all fine and dandy for you. you don't, you're not afraid. But what about the rest of us? Stop listening to crazy stuff. One. Stop it. Two. Put right stuff in your ears. Three. Talk to it. No. You're not in my head anymore. Get out. I'm not listening. If he's inside, push him out. And if he's just coming at you, no, get down there. Pastor Gwen says you're supposed to be down under our feet. Get down under our feet. It did not come from God. I heard some people say, oh, and they were Christians. Well, it's okay to have a little bit of fear. I turned the television off. I thought that was, you know, was Christian television. I'm like, nope. What do you mean? Trying to make it okay to be a little bit afraid. Don't partner. Don't let that, that world influence in your head. Out. Out. So one. Turn off the crazy stuff. Cast it down. Remember the love of your God. Let it fill you. Let it love you. And remember his promises. What promise is real to you? What was the last verse that really rang in your spirit? See, I might have some, and they're great, and they work for me, but what rang in your heart? You know what's ringing? Because I believe that this is a revival of truth. I believe we're coming back to a genuine place, a place of real truth where people, you, you know what, we've just had enough of fake faith. I'll call something healed that's not. And it feels like you're lying. But that's because they haven't heard enough of the word of God to believe his promise, and there's a bunch of junk in there that needs a purge. And when that stuff's purged out, it's easier to believe and trust God. Amen. Lesson number 58 that's free. So we come to that place and we shuffle off that stuff. We come back to that place where truth lives. What scripture is alive to me? And I kept thinking the other day, it just kept coming inside. The lip of truth will be established forever. A lying tongue's but for a moment, even when the moment feels long. It might feel long sometimes. God, when will this lie end? But the lip of truth will be established forever. It's eternal. Lies are for a moment, and it doesn't matter how long the moment is, it's a moment. Remember how long moments are with God, so, you know, we're not looking for a thousand-year moment, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but they're for a moment. 
And when you realize and pull it back, it went, wait, that thing can't talk long. You can't stand against my God. He put me here for a purpose. Stir up the people of God and go forward. See, that's why there's no fear. Because I'm convinced. And not because of confession. Because of his word. I'm convinced on it. He's given instruction to build, and so we are. And we're going forward. We're taking new territory. And things that are not supposed to be there are leaving. Absolutely. Rooted out, pulled down. God's taken out the weeds. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We're blessed at his strength. Blessed at his help. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> God is so good. And, and we love him. And we can live without fear. We can learn what real love means. Because I think sometimes we've got that messed. Our expectations of what love is and how God should love us. and Because we've made little rules about that. It's what I want, God. It's how I like you to move. It's how I want you to love me. That's the boogeyman. Praise the Lord. Are you ready to receive today? In that day. In that day. In that day. I'll pour out of my spirit on all flesh. In that day. In that day. In that day. It's going to pour out. Not because you cried out. Not because you deserved it. Not because you were perfect at that time. But because he promised. He made a covenant to go before you. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Father, I thank you that there's a cleansing that comes with a washing of water, that the word has been washing people today where mistakes have been made. That lasting pieces, little, little tiny pieces of bygone failures that try to rise up and say, I'm still here. No, you're not. I thank you for the blood that washes away the temptation to look behind. To dig up and to root out our own problems and resolve them by our own self. Father, I thank you for a freshness and an opening of our eyes where self has tried to dominate and direct and somehow captivate this people today so that they cannot hear your plan or are afraid to follow it. I thank you for the breaking of it, for the washing, for the blood of Jesus, washing and purging conscience right now, right now, right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for freedom, for freedom from the past, freedom from the little mistakes. And God, that you showed them that every time they said yes, you were there. I thank you for the yeses to what you've said and I thank you for those who've come to the place where they've said yes to you but the instruction has not yet come on what to do and I thank you for instruction some of you are sitting right in that place even now listening today you've said yes but the instruction hasn't come yet let me say this God speaks instructions, not because you're blind or deaf or any of those things. You're not responsible for the timing of the instructions given. They'll come. It's so important in hearing him to just settle, to know that he loves you is first, and to receive that love. And instruction will then come in times of peace, in times of settling, where you've settled your heart, where you've settled your heart. Because a person can't give you those instructions. He'll give you the instructions. 
but not, you're not hearing them not because you were making a mistake. That's wrong thinking. He'll give them. Be at peace. Be at peace. Let the instruction come in Jesus' name. And be at peace. Father, I thank you. You love them so very much for the purposes, the calls, the things that you put in them when they were just children. Some when they were in the womb. Some of them have memories and they put them aside thinking that would never happen. It's too late. It's too late. Father, I thank you that it's never too late as long as we have breath. It's never too late. I thank you for changing our hearts to see. And Father, Father, let us see your glory. Let it manifest in every one of us just like you promised. Let us not have a preconceived notion of what that looks like. But let us walk in it. Let us walk in it today. Oh, lift your hands. I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to walk in that promise. I'm going to walk in that promise. Hallelujah. Oh, that promise of glory. It's His promise. And it's working. Oh, it's working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I receive that. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, people of God. He loves you so very much. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.